0: Welcome to episode 3 of Over the Hill. I'm Courtney Mastrangelo, a Georgetown 2014 alum and one of the co-founders of this podcast, along with Matt Chung and Roland Templeman. Our guest this week is Molly Mitchell, a Georgetown class of 2014 graduate. Molly is a public relations strategist and political operative currently working in Washington D.C. We'd like to note that we recorded our conversation with Molly in early May. Oh yeah, I
1: see
0: on my Amazing. So you're from Chicago. What are your thoughts on The Last Dance? I love it. It's so funny
1: to me because I'm not a huge sports fan. I mean, I know we sit next to each other for Georgetown basketball, and I love that. But I'm definitely more of a, I'm eating, I'm chatting. <laughs> it's less about <bad laughs> the actual game for me but I grew up my dad's whole family is from the south side of Chicago and so Jerry Reinsdorf owns the Bulls and the White Sox so diehard White Sox fans you know the type of thing where my dad was like you can marry anyone but not a couple <laughs> <laughs> It's growing up so I knew you know very familiar with Jerry Reinsdorf and one of my earliest memories is actually of the Bulls championship 98 game I was six in the first house that I remember being with my parents. So you have sort of those fun memories, but the documentary is so well done. And I remember like Scottie Pippin and he was in Chicago, no tippin' Pippin. And you sort of learn like so much about him and and Jordan. It's It's, it's been really fun to watch, I have to say. It's, I think, and it's so fun during COVID. I feel like it's a bright spot where a lot of people are watching it together and it's sort of a multi-generational thing. My grandpa is still in Chicago, and I call him every Sunday to remind him to watch, you know. It's it's good. I think it's fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely been a good show, I think, especially for um, this time period right now, because it is something that everyone can bond over, Mm -hmm. which is important right now. And so I know, Molly, that you are now kind of an East Coaster. Um, and some of your family is too. So, how did this all come to be? Uh, I, so
1: the whole reason I looked at Georgetown, and I remember this, I think I was close to the end of my sophomore year. We had sort of started the college process, and a lot of, I went to inaugural Catholic high school right outside Chicago and it was sort of traditional. Most people stayed close, not everyone, but there was a lot of U of I, a lot of Marquette, a lot of Iowa. Um, and I don't know, my mom, I had grown up watching movies about New York with her. She's a diehard Nora Ephron fan. I, for a long time, sort of thought I wanted to go to NYU or really be in the city, but definitely wanted, knew I wanted to kind of try life somewhere else and sort of go to the east coast and my dad actually had a business trip to dc that i tagged along with and he couldn't come he was in a meeting so i went alone to a tour and it was the only college tour i went alone to and it was just raining downpour <laughs> and i'm like walking up that huge hill <laughs> that, you know, off the side oh what's the name of that i can't remember the um the north south hill Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm walking up that. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just downpour. And I'm, and I'm thinking, no, this is just not. <laughs> is not vibe. Looks beautiful. I'm not sure. The tour was great, but I, tr- I truly think what <laughs> I feel, I went to Saxby's, and I was in the IB program, which is, it's pretty comparable to AP for those who don't know, but, so I have this textbook, and this guy comes over, who's actually enrolled at Georgetown, <laughs> In my math book and is like oh we're in the same and hits on me and I was like, I'm done <laughs> and my dad came to you know collect me who are you talking to and it was just but I do I remember we, we flew home to Chicago and I was making my pro-con list I was very Rory Gilmore in that way and I I I, I don't know if I had told myself for sure but it, it was a done deal I just loved it. I, I love the campus. Um, I read a lot more about it after that. And it really got down to Wellesley had sort of been in the running, but Georgetown and NYU. And uh, I don't know, I just, I'm really, ha- I'm very happy that I went to Georgetown. I mean, I have zero regrets. It was great.
0: Me too. Me too. You know, since you had a fantastic experience at Saxby's, would you say that you were more like a Saxby's person or a, Midnight mug type of person. While I definitely,
1: definitely more of a Saxby's person. Although I enjoyed my fair amount of midnight mug, um, but and then I lived basically right across from Saxby's my senior year, actually two doors down from where John Kerry lives. So Ooh. yeah, so there was that, that. He had he was a protectee. So sometimes I would come home from dates, and there were just you know armed men uh, in very you know suburbans and my dad I remember moving me and thought oh this is the safest (laughs) safest (laughs) like, off campus housing ever so that was really fun but yeah I love I love Saxby's I sometimes go now too if I if I'm ever in Georgetown but yeah
0: I love Saxby's too I lived right across the street as well for uh, my senior year I feel like all of us lived like right there um, especially that senior year
1: but I, it was better if you were close. I mean, Burleigh, it was a little bit of a walk, I, you know. I
0: was so. It was definitely too far for me. No, I feel yeah. like, especially because all of my classes were in ICC. I don't know about you, but. Most of mine.
1: Yeah, because I was a government major and then a journalism minor. So a lot of ICC,
0: for sure. Me, pretty much. So. Definitely. Um, since you were a journalism major or minor, sorry. Yeah, um, and it was the first year, too. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, it was the first year it was a minor when I graduated. So that was That's
0: awesome. awesome.
1: It was, it was really cool, class, of course.
0: You have had some experience in that field. How did you get started in it or even think about wanting to do journalism?
1: I think a lot of that started with my mom and dad. They love the news. I grew up watching, and they were not from families who you know, were in the media or anything at all. Uh, my dad is a CPA, and my mom had been in marketing and then stayed home with my sister and I um, when she had me. But they loved the news. We watched the local news. Every Sunday, we watched 60 Minutes. You know, the Chicago Tribune came, the Wall Street Journal to our house, uh, very informed. And then my dad's family was just very spirited. He's one of five, and I I grew up close with my cousins, my aunts and uncles. And you, if you came to dinner, you know they were a a big Irish Catholic family. You had to assert yourself and speak. And it was about politics. It was about the news of the day. I mean, Illinois has no shortage of interest. <laughs> uh and that was sort of what i knew and, and and i really loved that and my mom has told me she was at the butcher and i was four and i recognized the local chicago news anchor and sort of put my hand out to like touch him and, <laughs> and he was like i have a very odd child and that was sort <laughs> of the, the first time i think that i you know i just i always wanted to do that and you know I'm very lucky, and I think you're in a similar position. My parents, you know, were the type of parents where they really instilled a hard work ethic in me, but anything was possible, right? If you worked hard and if you wanted to do something, even if we didn't know anyone or, you know, they weren't really sure what being in media meant. I mean, we had no idea that that was something if I wanted to do that was available to me. I think the moment when it really crystallized I was in sixth grade, you had to dress up as a famous American woman, and there were like 10 Jackie O's, you know, and obviously, I mean, I love Jackie Onassis, and I'm Barbara Walters. (laughs) Um, I'm interviewing people, parents, when they come over, that was my shtick, and from then on, it was, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be up close to that. I I thought it was so cool and important, Um, so yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I love that you were interviewing parents yeah. in sixth grade. What an annoying kid!
1: I'm sure people were like eye rolling, but yeah, I'm
0: sure they loved it.
1: It came from a very genuine
0: place. So, and I feel like it helped you with things that you've experienced since then. Like, I you started doing media and news while we we're in college, right? We were. There was a yeah. very virtuos- Ill
1: fated uh, comedic show where I actually met one of my best friends this day, Evan Cunningham, uh, who was our year at Georgetown, called Pre Gaming. I remember like,
0: that. Alfonso and- was part of that too, right?
1: And right. And, yeah. and then for the paper, I ended up doing videos too, sort of some digital content. There was a ton. Uh, in terms of being on air at Georgetown. that just wasn't a thing that existed. Mm-hmm. Now it does totally through the Instagram and there's a ton of stuff. But my senior year, I applied to be, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but you were sort of like the voice of Georgetown. And when people would come to campus, you would interview them um, and be like the student that got it let in. You got like a pass. And when former President Bill Clinton, came to campus, I actually got to interview him, which was crazy. <laughs> to this day, I blacked out. I don't even remember who he was. <laughs> when I watched the tape back, I actually sounded very calm. Um, and I don't know what it is where you you just get in this zone where you're going to do it. Sometimes, I, I think for me personally, and there's a lot of type A at Georgetown for sure. Um, but I was one of the kids where I was very close to the top of my class in high school, really hard study year And then I, I kind of got to Georgetown. I was very average. And I mean that in a positive way, right? You know, I was very <laughs> run of the mill, like to read, love to learn, but I wasn't going to be anywhere close to number one, you know? Um, and That was actually really nice to kind of have the pressure off. Uh, but I still sort of had that drive where when it came to interviewing people or trying to do those sorts of things where it would click, you know, and you would kind of get back to that place of it being important. But that was that was a crazy moment. I mean, I had such an adrenaline high. I cannot believe I met a former president of the United States. I am surely the first in both, you know, both the Frolex on my mom's side and the- <laughs> to have done that and no one could get over it. I mean, it was like, it was such a huge, huge deal. Um, and that was really fun. That was the first time I'd ever been really close. I, I had been close to VIPs two summers before because my first media gig, I was a Morning Joe intern, which is its own weird story of how I got that, but um, not, not ever a president. That yeah, was wild to me.
0: That's so cool. So I know you're at Morning Joe for a summer. How did that kind of impact your story as to where you are today? Oh,
1: it was a total game changer because I I never lived uh in a city alone. That was the first time I was in New York, I was 20, um, totally by myself. I was in an FIT dorm room for the summer. And the summer before I knew because at the time media internships were unpaid and you got class credit, which is mostly a joke. I mean, the class credit, not they should pay you for your work, (laughs) but I saved money. um, I worked sort of like an admin job. And then I, I uh, was a cashier at Nordstrom uh, at night, summer before to save up. And then I lived in an FIT dorm room. I was so shocked I got, I was accepted uh, to the program. There's not that many slots. Um, We didn't know anyone, but it was the best experience. I had never been close, so close to the news. I was working in 30 Rock. I mean, I remember swiping in. My first day I was in the elevator with Al Roker and Brian Williams and Al Roker. Yeah. Yeah, and he's saying, it's intern season. Welcome, you know, to me, I died. Um, and every morning my parents watched, you know, cause they, even though I'm not on camera, but you, they know, like, couldn't, you know, although one day I did fall when I was bringing Willie Geist coffee. So I'm sure that that's on. <laughs> but it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was just, it was so cool. And then, um, one of the people I met there is actually, executive producer of KCDC, which is a Sunday night show now on MSNBC, um, but just such great training. I mean, you you learn how a show is put together. It was so fabulous. I Get off pretty early because it was a morning show to walk around New York. You just feel like you're young and on top of the world. It was just, it was super magical. And I actually remember too, that was the summer that Girls in Newsroom premiered. And for some reason, FIT students in that dorm had access to HBO. So I was watching, I don't know, wow, it was so weird. I was watching like the newsroom and then working in a newsroom and it felt very meta. But yeah, that was that that summer. I love
0: that. I love that. And I feel like it must have also helped you because right after school, you moved out of state again to work in a newsroom.
1: I did. And honestly, I would say that was, that was really tough. I remember there are a lot of other Hoyos who I think were in this position it just wasn't so apparent, but if you kind of were a little different, right, if you weren't going into consulting, if you weren't going to grad school, I was one of those kids. And I remember dreading graduation uh, and getting asked harmlessly by other parents you know they just mean well like what are you doing nothing i don't know i don't have a job <laughs> and i i didn't really have a lot of real because there was it was like Georgetown's not a, a classic like you don't really learn like a a trade for like your journalism right so there's no kind of package to shop around so i had like the bill clinton clip and blogs i had written at morning joe So, and I was still hostessing at 1789, sort of just like waiting. And I applied to a bunch of jobs and then I actually ended up getting hired uh, at an NBC affiliate in Toledo, Ohio. And I moved um, and I was producing the evening news. And it was so wild because Toledo is so different. I grew up (laughs) outside Chicago in the Western suburbs. Um, Elmhurst is my hometown. But it's very, it's very suburban, but it's 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 um it's not a small town. You know, you're going downtown a lot. I took the train to go to high school. Um, you know, my parent we had White Sox tickets. I, I felt like I saw a very decent amount of the city. And Toledo was just a lot of people, most young people were trying to leave. You know, it was just such a different, um, environment to be in. Uh, and I lived in Perrysburg, Ohio, and I didn't know anyone. <laughs> and I was producing the news and, and the anchors were much closer to my parents' age. It was wild. It was such a trip uh, and so different uh, from Georgetown or anything I had experienced before.
0: Yeah. What would you say was the wildest story that you had to cover while you were there?
1: Well, when I first arrived, the water was contaminated. I don't know if you remember this, but it was Mm -hmm. the algae had, uh, in the lake, I just, there was like this huge algae bloom. So you couldn't drink the water. (laughs) So that was crazy. So I, I jumped in and we were sort of covering the tail end of that piece. Um, there were just a lot of layoffs. I think that's the biggest thing that kind of sticks with me, um, There are jeep factories uh obviously in ohio uh in toledo and and those types of stories i think um kind of really stick with me particularly now during this whole covid pandemic um that was a big a big storyline when i was there uh but just sort of seeing it it was just very different than what i had experienced before and i think you kind of learned a lot about, uh, you know, being on your own where you literally don't know anyone, which I think sometimes happens in study abroad, too, for some people, particularly with the language barrier, but it was just, it was very, it was so, it was just like drastically different.
0: Yeah, I honestly, um, I think you're very lucky to have had that experience, because I know, for example, I have never had that type of experience before and I think it would be really valuable for you know any of us who haven't had that to experience it in a way because it allows you to empathize with what's happening across the country in a way that you can't without that experience so I think that's really cool.
1: And I think you sort of really learned the value of local news particularly when communities don't have that and now there's just such a it's just so tough, right? The media business is always really tough, but when it's dominated by ads and Google takes so much of that, you know, it's it's just such a different environment. And I think I really learned to uh, to appreciate that. But I also learned that what I had thought, I thought my path was going to be, I was going to go to local markets. I think at the time Toledo was like the 75th. I can't remember a market. I think Chicago's three. I mean, New York is one that sort of have the media markets go And then, um, which was amazing around school, but I thought I was going to jump from local market to local market. And I just realized I did not want to do that. I was there and I was like, this is just not a good fit. Um, Which is, it's just so different when you've come from trying to be so good in high school, you you go to a quote unquote good college and you're out in the real world and your plan (laughs) is, maybe it's not your plan anymore. And that was very you know upsetting to me i just wasn't sure um and i moved back to dc um and i i got a job at ADC news and um i was a production assistant and i was like i want to try it at the national level like maybe it was something in the local thing and and um that was really really fun and so i worked on world news tonight good morning america a lot of web stuff sort of you, you kind of work wherever people need you um, and it did feel so great to be, to be back in a city. I think what I learned from that, I was, I was always really meant to be in a city, you know, I think some people are like that, you know, some people, they can't imagine not being in New York.
0: Um, and I feel, I don't know if
1: DC is my permanent place, but I just knew I loved being a part of sort of like a booming metropolis,
0: you know, definitely and DC's become so much cooler, I think. Since we went to school there, there's so much more to do. There are more neighborhoods. You can really run in any direction around in DC and come across something that, while we're in college, we would have had no idea that existed, or at that time, you probably couldn't even even have gone to that neighborhood. Oh yeah, I I remember. Did you ever
1: go to Fur nightclub? Yes. Okay. Fur V G. Is it, it's, I don't know exactly, but it's basically where Navy Yard is right now, correct?
0: I believe or so. It was in, it was in South, no, it was in Northeast, Southeast, I remember, but I remember being stuck there and it was pre-Uber. Yes.
1: So we were trying to get a cab. was a group of four of us. Um including my friend, Evan, who I mentioned before, and when we, I I literally remember saying, we may have to walk back, you know? There we,
0: no- we did that too. My just, She's just
1: five years younger than me, but she just has no, I mean, they've only grown up, you know, there's not, <laughs> just for the better, I, I think. It, I think it's it's more safe, you know, now you're not trying to, you know, there's no cabs really like came by there, but, oh, totally. And I think you, you know, you're kind of in your Georgetown bubble, um, and I would venture to sort of like Dupont in Glover Park, but you don't really go far beyond. And some of that, honestly, I think is the metro issue, where there's not a stop. I do think if there were a stop in Georgetown, you would go kind of more places. But when you're in college, it's such a hassle. You gotta get on bus. You're gonna go. So for sure, I felt. And I, when I moved back, I lived in Noma, which wasn't even. I don't even. When we were in college. I don't even think I knew what that was. You know. I think <laughs> so. Yeah, totally different with Union Market, and I felt like I was re-experiencing a city. Um, And when you go to college in a town, it's just different. I think people think, oh, you've been here so long. Yes and no, you know, because it's just, it's really different when you're not uh, an
0: undergrad,
1: you know, I don't
0: know. Definitely, and you have like a new lens on the world, I think. Totally, Um, I think every year, maybe every few months, you really put on like a new lens and see the world in a different way. Yeah, I
1: think that's true.
0: I think this is my opinion, but since we've been back in DC for a few years and I've gotten to know you very well um, over that period of time, I would say that you're something like a celebrity on the DC scene. Mm -hmm. So for example, there's like a quintessential DC spot where anyone who's anyone will be for drinks and meals and happy hour and whatnot called Joe Stonecrab and I feel like every time I show up there with you you know half the place or you know who half the people are too and I'm like I have no idea what's happening I can barely you know reach the bar to get a drink it's so crowded in here and so I feel like you've really made the city your own over the past few years. It's really cool to have watched that. Um, and one of the things that I think you've gotten into over the past few years is a little bit more on the political scene. And so I'm curious how that came about. It
1: was so random and that that was very sweet. I, first of all, I love Joe's and I live <laughs> the day that we are going back and I'm having yeah. enormous dirty martini with extra yes
0: olives. and those hot they're chips
1: they're great i mean joe's yeah. hour is the best kept it's not a really good secret because it's crap you have to go early i think it's <laughs> but you yeah, yeah. the food they lovely staff it's it's just it's totally great um so close to the white house um but it was it was so random the political thing i mean i've always personally been political. I definitely come from a family that was very passionate about politics, but no one's in the political scene. I think, yeah, it was, so it sort of takes place with, um, with Axios, which was, and so if I always, I always want to say Axios because the, when I was there, that was what we were calling it. And then- Actually, I think it's a Washingtonian piece that got written about, it, and now it's Axios. But every you know, some people who say Axios, I'm like, Oh, they worked there in the beginning. Um, I was there for the inaugural year, um, and it was by far the most amazing job I'd ever had. It was so much fun. I was doing comms, so I'd sort of we talked about ABC in the course of that. Um, my mom had gotten really sick, uh. And she's in remission now, so she's much better. But I had learned from that my parents were still living in Chicago or outside Chicago. I mean, I was flying home a lot for her clinical trial. And it kind of made me realize I needed a job that was more nine to five. I just, you know, I mean, the hours Mm -hmm. were very varied at ABC, random shifts, um, just to kind of facilitate seeing her. And I was going to kind of see where the chips fell. After that, and that's something I would say to people, if you're ever caring for a loved one and you just need to make a switch for family reasons, there's no shame in that. You know, I mean, you got to do what's best for you and you can always go back to something else. Um, and and I, when I did that, I realized I really liked public relations. It was everything I loved about media, just on a different side. Um, and I, I read an article about Axios forming, I think in Vanity Fair. And I applied cold um, online. Like, no, I didn't know. Um, but I, I had got Mike Allen and Jim Vande I mean, they didn't, rem- I'm sure they didn't remember this when I applied, but coffee at Morning Joe when I was an intern. I did put that in my letter. Um, and I had- what a small world. I know. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And so I, I ended up getting that job and it was just amazing. Um, I learned so much. I got to work with Jim a lot um, and Nicholas Johnston, who's still the editor-in-chief. I just learned so much. I learned how to, you know, be a spokesperson. I learned how to deal with press. That was the first time I was ever quoted being on the record as a spokesperson. Um, I think in the post was the first. Um, And the reason I'm I'm saying this is that was the first time I, I, I kind of thought about Politics. There was someone I worked with who had been in the Obama administration at Axias and flagged the this job that I would eventually go on to take um, at the at the D trip. And I, I at the time i I knew what the D trip was. I I didn't know a lot about the position. And um, it's funny being a government major at Georgetown. You know, you're surrounded by <laughs> future lawyers and people who like go on to be on the Hill. And it was kind of a fluke that I was a government major. I thought I wanted to be an English major, um, kind of going into it. And I took a, by mistake, this is just, I had no idea what I was doing. I took a very intense political theory class as a freshman. And I was the only freshman in it. And I was like, oh, this is great. I want to do this. So I ended up eventually becoming a government major. But I never wanted to go on the Hill. It sounded so miserable, the internships. And we knew so many people, you know, it's, it's just a ton of people. So I never thought about it. I just always thought about media. I I don't know. Um, And, uh, you know, after 2016, and for me personally, um, I think that kind of woke up something in me too. I'm not, I've never protested before. I I went to the Women's March. I felt pretty strongly about Donald Trump, uh, not in a positive way. And, I had found while I was at Axios, I was really good at navigating the cable landscape. I did a lot of booking. I actually booked over 500 hits in my first year there. So that's oh putting gosh. talent on TV, the people you see on cable news, um, across radio and digital. Uh, and I, I really like doing that. And then I realized if, if I went to the D-Trip, which is the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, so it's, it's not the DNC, but it, it's sort of like the DNC for the House, you know, that's kind of how people can think about it if they're not familiar. Um, but, you know, trying to get Dems elected to the House of Representatives. Um, I thought, oh, I can, I can go and do this and sort of for like a cause that I really, really believe in because that's, that was our line of defense in kind of holding Donald Trump accountable, right? The House. Because um, we were not going to get the Senate, um, and I, I don't know. I I'm not sure what I, I was scared to leave Axios because I I loved it and I it, it was a startup. It was so exciting. Uh, it was really exhilarating, and I kind of wanted to see them grow. But it, there was something inside me just that just said I really needed to give this a shot, and I took it and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I mean, it was, first of all, startups and campaigns are very similar. You can't, they are the same thing. Um People were like, oh, is the campaign life tough? No, I had been at a startup, you know, so you're used to kind of the 24 seven aspect of it. But my boss there, uh Meredith Kelly, uh, it was just amazing. And she went on, she was the comms director for the Gillibrand campaign. Um, should affirm a firm now she's just one of the most amazing people I've ever worked for. And it was, it was such a great experience to kind of see that other side of DC because I feel like I've seen all the sides, you know, I've been in media, I've seen the book political aspect. Um, I was at a, literally at a media company. Um, so it's, it sort of all came together for me after that.
0: That's very cool. Um, and I must say, too, that it's been awesome as, like, a friend, too, to, like, watch you grow throughout all those different paths. I must say as a side note, too, Axios did throw a very good party.
1: I was just about to say,
0: <laughs> we were at Nobu, right? Yeah, the first year party is at Nobu, and I remember when you walked in, there was, like, the interior of a plane. Oh, yeah, 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 the theme. That was a wild, that was really fun. Yeah, and, like, the first person I think I ran into, I walked in with Evan Cunningham, and we saw Evan Hollander, and then to my right, one of them was like, that's Mark Cuban, like, yeah. three feet behind us. And yeah. I was like, wait. How are we here? I was like, man, Molly's really important. I don't know how he made it. No, no, but actually cool. <laughs> threw a really great party yeah, for sure. It was. You
1: really wish the next day had been a Saturday. That's what I would say. About that.
0: Wasn't it on like a Wednesday? It was like a it very was in the middle of, day. of the week. I
1: remember. So part of my job, right? So you're doing comms. We had a you know couple of like society reporters come out, um, events reporters to cover it, right? So. I'm sort of trying to like wrangle the press. (laughs) It's like such a bash. It's kind of, you know, you're just hoping everyone has a good time. Um, But I think we were in page six. It was, it was really fun. It was, it was a great party. Um, Yeah, it was a great way to cap off. I was very tired the next day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was well-deserved, honestly, because you all threw a very good party. Mark Cuban, what a guy. (laughs) What a guy. He uh, Watch him on Shark Tank sometimes. He was my company's first investor. So at the time, I thought maybe I should go over and say thank you. And
1: I would <laughs> loved that. I think you would have loved that.
0: Yeah, thank you for investing in my company, or else I wouldn't be where I am today. <laughs>
1: One thing, not to, go, not to go backwards, but I will say being an intern at Morning Joe and then subsequently just being in media where you're going to meet people or in green rooms and you do really realize that famous people are just like everyone else you know Mm -hmm. like by the end of the summer I was not in awe of it anymore and there were rude people you know I mean I was a 20 year old intern and you're taking people's you know Starbucks orders and it's like an ungodly hour in the morning and I'm saying please and thank you and just wouldn't look up at you or and so I've always really tried whether it's I'm getting picked up in a car or I'm going in you know just just being really respectful and I think people who've been interns or worked in production you know just really realizing those people have lives you know and just acknowledging acknowledging them and I, there's sort of a spectrum I think you kind of realize that, you know, there's not a big difference between you and Will Ferrell or whoever in in reality, although it seems that way in your mind, um, which is a big difference.
0: Totally, totally. It's um, humanizing, right? Uh, Every person is the same.
1: Yeah, it's very humanizing. I think also being with people right before they go on national TV, it it is very humanizing because people get nervous, feel really quiet you know, it, it's just a whole, a whole set of emotions, uh, that you're privy to for sure.
0: And you're on TV a decent amount now. What do you do before he got on TV? Do you get nervous? Do you have like routines or rituals?
1: It's a great question. So, um, the TV stuff sort of happened, um, after the D trip. Uh, and I would <laughs> say, I tend to be sort of on weekends and holidays. So there's there's quite a few people in front of me who are gonna go on to be a political analyst. But um, I listen to pump up music. I love rock. Um, so that's a big thing for me. I, I find that really calming. So I think I don't know if a lot of people know this about TV, but for for network and cable, they send a car for you. Uh, and you you go to the studio which it's lovely and um for women in particular you're you're booked for a solid amount of time before and they do a lot of you know extensive amount of makeup when you come out you don't even <laughs> look i mean you look great but you look like you're wearing a lot of makeup um so you could be on tv for five minutes but it's almost like a two-hour ordeal um so in the car i really try to listen to Music. Um, I, I prep. I think everyone needs to prep, um, and I usually do that. I have a stand for my uh, iPhone. I record myself. Um, but I think there's a definite hazard of over-prepping, and I, I, I sometimes with clients, this is an issue too, where you're you're memorizing lines, and that's not how you. It's really you got to like know what your three central talking points are and then take the conversation and weave it back to that. But you, you don't wanna sound robotic. So I think that's sort of the misconception um, on prepping for television. And then for me, um, in the moment, my big secret is, I don't know if it's a secret, but you when you look, it's so weird. So for DC, a lot of times, you're in these things called flash studios. So it's like, it's a, a closet and it's very cold. It's freezing. You think you're in the Arctic time <laughs> because the lights are so powerful, right? If they didn't have the air. And so you're in a, t- you're in a freezing room and they've, if you're a woman, like the mic pack is like shoved and you're tight, you're, you know, you're like, oh yeah, this is very uncomfortable. And you're looking at, it's like a, a it's like a black laptop screen, the time in military time. And then below it, you can see yourself, but you're on delay. So I, yeah, I usually have them turn that off because I don't. It's distracting, and sometimes, so if you're watching TV and people are looking down, they're looking at themselves on delay. That's what's happening. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's like the stuff you and, you're you look. it's so but you hear and through your ear, and you look at a black box. I mean, like that's what it is. So it's just hard. So I always pretend it's my mom. And I like you're talking mm-hmm. to a friend or someone you love um, and you're having a conversation. Um, Cause otherwise you're looking at a black box and that's, but um, yeah, that's sort of my, I listen to music. Once I'm in the makeup room, I chat with everyone. I like that. I feel like it gets my nerves out. Some people look at their phones like up until the last minute. I think I do what works for you. I'm just not that way. I'm chatty. So I'm chatting. We're talking about love, love the people magazine gossip um, you know, and then I'm having some water, and that's, I, I just, like, you know what you know, that's, that's how I was as a test taker, though, you know what I mean, like, roll up, and, like, I'm taking the test, and, like, whatever happens, sometimes in the green room, I just make sure Trump hasn't tweeted, that's, like, the, that's the only thing that could really upset you, um, or, you know, kind of, like, throw off what you thought, but those are, my yeah, isn't. I was going to say
0: that could uh, definitely throw off maybe what talking points you have depending on what the questions become.
1: Well, and my biggest tip for people who want to want to go on TV or have been on TV and want to get better is to watch yourself. And it is so painful. It's really painful. I don't like watching myself. Uh, you're like, how did I say that? Oh, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I understand people, it lives forever on the internet, but if you're not saying anything out,
0: no one cares.
1: You know, you just got to kind of take it in stride. You you have to watch yourself to get better. I mean, it's really uncomfortable, but you got to do it. How do you uh, celebrate when you're done? Well, the first time I went on, it was on Easter Sunday, and I had the car take me back to my parents' Uh, apartment in Bethesda and it was like sweet sweet relief I mean they were they could not believe their kid had been on national television I mean they were so stoked so that was really fun and it almost doesn't seem real like you do it and then you don't I don't know but um so that was that was awesome but I honestly I think I joke but I feel like my dad is the you know we're both really close with our with our parents and and you know, my parents really love me, but they'll also be very brutally honest with me. <laughs> so my dad, you know, my mom, oh, great job. And I was like, well, you know, and he gives me this straight. So I think those are the people um, I kind of go to advice for. And then I, you got to turn off your Twitter notifications if you're a woman, because it's just gross. You know, you just can't, just weird stuff. So it's just not, it's definitely weirder when I've been on Fox. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what, why that is, if there's just, like, more people engaged early in the morning. I've done a lot of Fox and Friends first, um, but you just can't. It's, like, weird, and I, I totally think if someone says something inappropriate, you know, I, if someone disagrees with you politically, that's, like, one thing, but, like, makes you feel violated, you can totally block them on Twitter. I mean, there's just no reason to to uh, put up with that. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah, you just gotta <laughs> don't look at Twitter and have a nice cocktail when you are I go to Joe's a lot. That was so funny that we were talking about that. I do What's a nice your,
0: uh, cocktail choice while you're there. It's, I love a dirty martini
1: there, but also the old fashioned, again, that you get at happy hour is delicious. So I think you can't go wrong at Joe's. I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta get the Havana dream pie. That's my favorite.
0: You know, I've never had that, so so when we're back, we're back in D.C. I know. We gotta go.
1: And you can get a half slice of pie, so that's a fun, a fun thing. But yeah, I get that pie all the time. I should get it less.
0: No way. Well, when we're back in D.C., we're gonna do it.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm counting down the day.
0: (laughs) I know, me too. Well, Molly, this was lovely. Thank you for taking the time. Oh my gosh. Chatting with me on a busy day in the middle of the week. This was, was awesome. This was the most fun I've had all day. What a great way to sort of cap off the week.